Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we chat about life and what's stumping us right now. And then we research and splice in all the science and mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Today we are going to be talking about polyamory. You know, relationships that involve more than just two people. So Mitch and I are going to start talking about our relationship to polyamory, stories, personal experiences we have with it. Then I'm actually going to sit down and interview one of my close friends who's in a polyamorous relationship now and interview one of his new boyfriends and talk Talk to them about how the four of them who are now dating got together, how it worked, and how it continues to work. It's very personal. It's very interesting. Uh, I couldn't really imagine it. And it was just so cool to hear what they actually had to say. And then at the end, Mitch and I are going to debate how we feel about polyamory. Could we do it? Do we want to do it? By the end of this episode, maybe we'll be in a polyamorous relationship. Who knows? Stay tuned to find out. So our bestiality video is doing well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> People are freaks. what y'all want to listen to and watch. Like our incest video went super viral. Our bestiality video is doing well. Yeah, honestly, it's just like I guess this is just what the people want. This is the future. <laughs> the, this is the future that liberals like, or whatever that meme is. What is um, it? I this is the know. future liberals want. Want? Yeah. Ugh, that makes me so mad when I see stuff like that. But anyway, I uh, think the liberals mostly do it, isn't it? No, I only ever see it when it's like. A conservative? When it's someone being like a trans bathroom picture and it's like someone trans, a picture of them in the bathroom and then someone will be like, this is the future liberals want and they're trying to pose it like it's bad. Oh, I feel like I've only ever seen liberals make fun of people who do that. Oh, fair. Maybe I have seen the opposite way where it's kind of like you're playing on it and it's just like so funny and there's like something that's so gay or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Okay, I can get behind that that kind of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe that segues into like our video today. Maybe I or, guess I mean, our podcast and our video because we're going to talk about something a little up that alley what of the futures of liberals and <laughs> polyamory. Yeah, polyamorous we are talking about polygamy. Polygamy monogamy. is polygamy different than polyamory? I think oh. it is. Okay, we need to look that up. Side note. The definition of polyamory literally means many loves. Scientific literature mostly classifies polyamory as relationships with permission to engage in sexual or romantic relationships with more than one partner. Usually, but not all of the time, you have a primary partner who you share a close interconnected relationship with that may include sharing a home and financial obligations. And you also have a secondary partner, which is a romantic relationship that typically has fewer expectations. Polyamory falls under the larger umbrella term of consensual non-monogamy, which also includes swinging or open relationships, 
where you can have a sexual relationship, but not necessarily emotional commitment. Polyamory is distinct from polygamy, which is a practice of marrying multiple spouses. This is a practice among some religious groups where a person has multiple wives or husbands. So when is the first time you ever heard about a polyamorous relationship? It feels like now for me, I hear about it all the time. But yeah, I mean. I feel like no. never, like I recently. in pretty early university, but you're right. Nowadays, I feel like especially in gay culture, it's much more common for like our gay friends to be in open relationships or polyamorous relationships. But the first time I ever experienced it was with people uh, that I knew from high school and even grade school, I knew one of them. Um, they started dating in high school. So part of me was like, it almost makes sense. They've been together for so long. When we were in university, they started sort of playing with that idea of seeing other people. And I, I remember thinking it was so weird at first. Remember they came to one of our parties with like together, but with an extra girlfriend. And I remember yeah, like having a full I mean, on pit stain panic attack. Yeah, I feel bad if you guys are listening to this. I'm not going to say their names, obviously. But at the time, because I was like naive and ignorant and didn't understand, I felt they came to our party and the the guy in the relationship so this was a heterosexual polyamorous relationship what you know a heterosexual <laughs> oh my god it's like the one he came to our party with the girl i know as his girlfriend but also with another girl who was his partner at the time and i'm not sure that they're still seeing each other or not now but i just yeah i didn't you know when you like meet someone you don't really know how to interact because you've never dealt with the situation before i remember wanting to come off so cool that i was not <laughs> cool like i remember trying to play it so cool that i was like <laughs> it's so nice to meet you it's extra nice to meet you I'm yeah so like, happy this that is I met so you. normal oh my god there's nothing wrong with this like no i i just feel like i felt like i was scared to say anything i think this happens a lot when people are afraid of things so i like didn't really want to acknowledge it out loud because i didn't know if that would make it weird or make me uncool but then i just remember like we it was a pretty big party so like we were up in our bedroom or something like that with like a group of people like everyone was all scattered over the house and i was chatting to my girlfriend from high school who's dating him and he was in the room with his other girlfriend and they were like kind of making out and kissing in the corner while i was talking to my high school friend and i just remember thinking like is this weird for everyone one or just me like <laughs> oh my god i feel like it was probably just it must have been just me but at that time i think i was ignorant enough that i felt sad i was like my friend that i'm talking to is like has peripheral vision in yeah it, in her own vision of them, because that's an actual, an extra step, because some polyamorous relationships don't do it in front of each other. Like, some open relationships are like, oh, like, I have my one partner here, my one partner there, but, like, we don't necessarily all hang out together. So this was a lot for me to take out once, like, two people making out and the third person who's not, they're not in, like, a relationship as a threesome, they're in, like, two separate relationships, but they're all in the same room, and two of them are making out, and I was just, like, drunk, and I was like, is she sad? Is this so weird? But, I mean, they're still together, and this was, like, maybe five years ago maybe six so it goes to show like i'm sure we're going to discuss and debate this idea of are polyamorous couples less successful or less happy or those types of things but to me like they're the first and constant relationship that i know and i'm not super close to them so i, I obviously don't know the ins and outs of their happiness levels but to me it they're, was still like, wow, they're still together that's it obviously works for them the first thing to note is that there isn't really that much research on polyamorous relationships. This is obviously because I think it's a much more new, interesting, hashtag cool thing to do now, and therefore the science hasn't really caught up. But it is interesting to note that a lot of the research that we do have is from gay communities in the early 80s who helped to fuel the polyamory research because they were already doing it. So like, shout outs to my guys. 
It is estimated that 1.2 to 9.8 million people are trying non-monogamy in America right now. And there's another study that estimates that one in five people have been involved in polyamory in their lifetime. That is a lot higher than I actually thought. One specific study found that there was no difference between polyamorous and monogamous relationships when it came to passionate love, trust, or attachment pattern. But it actually found that polyamorous couples reported higher levels of intimacy. Another study comparing gay men who were in open relationships versus closed relationships found that there was actually no difference in their relationship satisfaction. So when it comes to the science of polyamory and the little research that exists out there, it finds that there's not that much difference. It's not like one is way better or one is way worse. And in fact, some of the studies found that polyamorous relationships had a little bit more intimacy. So if you're judging polyamory or if you're scared of polyamory or you think it's going to ruin your relationship, in the end, there isn't any real reason or scientific reason to think that one would be that much better or that much worse. What's your experience with polyamory? Oh, well, I didn't know that we hadn't told each other, but I thought we were in one. I have three other boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, the only reason I know for sure you're lying is because we don't have any time in our lives to do that and we're yeah. with each other 24-7. So that's one thing. So we have, <laughs> we have been in open an open sexual relationship in the past. Like mm-hmm. when we, like we've spent times in long like distance months relationships. Months. Yeah, where we were yeah. like, we're going to be away for like, half, not half a year. Actually, I was away for us, half our year, rule yeah. was like, you can like, you know, like have sex with someone but you can't like it shouldn't fall be in love yeah yeah <laughs> well like we like make strong lines about intimacy which i think you know that's a very common thing for uh gay relationships it's almost like assumed <laughs> i like i feel like in the gay community it's like if you have sex with someone with a boyfriend it's like you're more assuming they're in an open relationship than, they're, they're than assuming that there's like some dark cheating going on yeah but I, 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 have, I wouldn't assume that people should tell each other obviously I, like whenever we were in an open relationship i would always tell people i'm in an open relationship so mm-hmm. people would also it also helps people understand like there's no intimacy here right um, Um, But I do feel like for me, the first time that I really heard about it or had an experience about it is like really with close friends is recently we have we have gay friends who now are in a polyamorous relationship. There's a couple we knew. Oh, yeah. Who were a couple for like maybe actually I feel like people are listening and probably like this is like it's confusing. So there's two guys we knew who were dating, but now they're dating two other guys as a group of four. And the one thing like what you were saying with time is I was like, maybe you and I, because we've been in a relationship for a long time, I think that maybe we could have a conversation about it if we had time. Like, the only right. thing I ever <laughs> see when I see, like, the four of them, like, making plans or, like, you know, building a relationship with four people is I'm just like, oh, I, like, I immediately think of, like, exhaustion. Like, there's no time. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm, well, I don't know. I'm just no, like, I mean, when I think of, well, I know for us, just based on our life and, like, what, like, I mean, I think we maybe prioritize our work a little bit too right. much. It's yeah, just yeah, a lot. Sure, there's a lot sure. going yeah. on. Okay, Father's Day is coming up. Okay, mm-hmm. so we gotta start thinking. Okay, we're gonna do something with my dad, something with your dad, but then what? With someone with someone else's dad's four dads therefore i think making a relationship with three other people like it immediately makes me just go like nope not for me like, <laughs> like i just i can't imagine but that can't energy. be the real reason that you would not do it right i mean because that happens when you date one person where you now have to deal with a family uh, another family well on top of one that. thing that i've heard a lot is people go like i just have so much love to give <laughs> like that's like what people say and then for me i'm like I don't have any love. <laughs> you like, ran out years ago, girl. <laughs> no, I just mean like some people who I think are so like those people who like walk into a room and just want to hug and want to touch and want to be right. open like, and want to be affectionate. affectionate. Yeah. Like that's not me. I'm very like, oh, don't touch me. I'm ner-. like, <laughs> I just like, so it's like the, I, 
I don't think I have the personality for it, but I don't think that also I know that much about it because even with trying to rack my brain about my experience with actual polyamory is like literally I think of your friends who just brought up. I think of the friends that I just brought up. And that's it? Like I can't even think of a pop culture reference. I'm like, what? Like, Isn't there that they show need to about, make the like, polyamorous uh, romantic comedy? No, wasn't there that TV show? What's it called? Where like they, it's a uh, queer eye for the straight guy. They're all dating. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> not that. There's one where it's like, oh, sister wives. Isn't that one of like, was it? Uh, That's polygamy and Mormons. Right. I think they're all like the women but, are not together, but they're all oh, with one. Oh, and that HBO show. There's an HBO show about polygamy that's like really famous. So there are some cultural guys. references, but you're right. There's not. But really, those aren't polyamory like, celebrity. Positive. Those are yeah. like the dark undertones. It's like of, let's like, view this kind of like weird subculture is how it's posed. Almost. Big love, big love. That was the Mormon HBO show that oh. people loved. I never watched it, but like I assume it's an HBO show. I bet there was like you know women's titties and darkness and drugs. Is like mm. what I think. Maybe not any of those things, but I mean probably. But my point is that I don't think it was like let's make the new Drew Barrymore <laughs> J Lo <laughs> romantic comedy starring. <laughs> like I don't know, like the like polyamory romantic comedy that like everyone gets on board with. Like yeah, I think that will actually weird. happen. Yeah. I bet that's being made right now and it'll come out in like two years or whatever. You're probably right. It is it is weird to me that in my mind I I'm sure there are examples that we're just blanking on right now, but I can't think of a single example of a cultural thing, like a movie, T V show. Are we dumb? We're probably dumb. I think we might be dumb. Or we just haven't seen it. The only thing it, I can relate it to specifically to me is like when we first started dating, we were like 18, 19. This is a long time ago. We've been together for a long time, people. Yeah, we are going to uh, be in a polyamorous <laughs> relationship by tomorrow, props. But when we, I, you had come out much before me, like in high school, and I came out after we started dating. So I hadn't told anyone. So I hadn't ever dated anyone else. Which is like, when you think about it, super intense. Yeah, I had kind of had some experiences with boys, but always like very quiet and never like relationship wise. And so I remember maybe it was, you know, a few years into our relationship, I started thinking, okay, if I'm going to be with Greg forever, that's crazy. I've never been with anyone else. And I remember not really thinking about it like as polyamory, but we ended up taking like a break from our relationship because of the pressure in my mind was like, I need to like get out there and experience and kind of know that you're the best the world has to offer for me. Did you figure it out? Because it sounds like we've been together for 10 years. But no, at the time I was just like, I don't want to be that person who looks back and regrets being young and not, you know, experimenting and being out there but so there, maybe that's a polyamorous well there was a doing. moment when i think i thought like could we be in a relationship while i do that or do we have to break up for me to do that oh and for sure i was like we need to break up because i poly literally polyamory yeah, people didn't really like, talk about if it then. you had said that to me i'd be like is that a flower like what is a polyamory <laughs> like that's not it wasn't a thing then yeah so i just yeah thinking about that understand like there's those needs and desires that every relationship i'm just glad i think because we were in a gay relationship and because of my history of never having been with someone else it was easier to communicate about and this is probably what we'll talk about in our debate section but like it opened that conversation that probably a lot of i don't want to just like throw this out at straight couples but like i think it's easier for gay couples to address sexual issues well because you're in an unconventional relationship yeah, based on the way you've been raised with. to begin with and yeah. you have to talk about things differently to begin with so it allowed us to at least have that you have conversation. to prove your relationship to like your parents yeah polyamory explaining polyamory to your parents would be like coming out all over again because mm-hmm. that would be just as hard and I, you would have the same the parents would have the same Assuming you tell your parents, like I, I don't know, like not. Well, every then you're just closeted, a closeted polyamorous. Yeah, but you don't. Not everyone tells every 
their parents about every single partner they have. Like you only do it when it becomes really serious. And the question is, if you're in a if you're in a polyamorous relationship with a couple of people for a long time, then then I guess that makes sense to start telling your parents. But I just think it has to happen. I would love to be there, like, and see my parents' face, and I was like, "Mom, Dad, I have something to tell you. I have seven boyfriends. <laughs> They're all coming to Christmas dinner, but I'm not gonna be able to stay long because I have six other Christmas dinners I have to go to. <laughs> not seven because I don't really like Randy that much, anyways. Oh. Okay. After the break, we are actually going to speak to two people who are in a polyamorous relationship so we can actually you know fully understand how they experience it how they live their lives now as a group of four who are dating Mitch and I have friends named Carson and Fabio who we love and they like us have been in a long-term relationship they've been together for seven years and recently about seven months ago they started dating another couple named Silvio and Nico so I actually got to sit down with Carson and his new boyfriend Nico to talk about how this all happened so my first question is for Carson (laughs) 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 so did you before you started dating a couple with Fabio like think uh, this is something I want to do. Had you talked about it? Uh, not, no, not at all. We had briefly sort of talked about like sleeping with other people. And we had an experience earlier that year where we like hooked up with a couple. But dating another couple, no. That was never on our radar or like the intention. What about you, Nika? Okay, well, we had a threesome about a year prior. And then we had a fling around this time last year with like another guy from the U.S. Um, and we dated him for about like four or five months. Okay, year. so how did you guys meet? Because I was there. It <laughs> yeah. was a Halloween party. You looked amazing. Oh, yeah. I um, better than Fabio and I did. We were dressed as handmaids. Okay, so what about, yeah, that night? I Sorry, I want to take us to that night. Yeah. We're there. We're in our costume. So what happened? Like, when did you guys start sort of noticing that, like, as a couple, you were admiring each other? We went to the club that night, and we yeah. danced all together, and we yeah. kind of, like, switched partners. Yeah, we, so what was we danced. Like? I know for a fact Fabio doesn't remember this. Oh. And, like, for some reason denies <laughs> that it's happened to this day. Nico doesn't really remember it either. But Silvio and I, like we saw them on the dance floor. We approached them. You and and Fabio. Fabio and I, yeah, we we were dancing with them. We just started kissing and then we swapped. And then Nico and Silvio disappeared, and Fabio and I kind of like laughed, and we were like, "Oh shit, we scared them off." And then <laughs> just like we went about our night, <laughs> and then I think like drunkenly that night, I found both of them on Instagram, and I started following oh, both of them. Slid into the DMs. Slid into the DMs, <laughs> and then the next day I woke up to a message from Silvio saying it was so nice to meet you boys last night, ah. which, I, which I was not expecting. Okay, so that's what started this potential relationship. Yeah, so yeah. nice to meet you boys last night. Were you immediately on the same page? Like, this is going to be well, something? I th- I, no, I made, like, some comment, like, oh, I hope I don't have to wait until next Halloween to see you. Oh, and then uh, Silvio was like, well, you guys, you guys should come over. And so we had made a plan to hang out. Let's fast forward to, like, two weeks after this incident. Let's talk about the first couple dates. What was it like? Okay, the first date was me and Silvio had Carson and Fabio over to our apartment. And, like, we had to, like, take, like, maybe, like, five shots before. Because oh <laughs> we were so fucking nervous. And then, yeah, they came over. And then we had, like, appetizers and, like, drinks. And we just kept talking about pop music all night. It was so night. cute. We, Fabio and I had, we were so nervous to go over. Did you we, guys have shots before, too? Yeah, uh, of course we did. Oh. Yeah, we, <laughs> we also brought a bottle of wine. And they had four bottles of wine already like oh god so you were all you were all you were both nervous Um, that's nice yeah fabio and i we talked about like because we didn't really know the intention 
Like, we just went into yeah. it blind. Probably the same way that most people go into dates alone, maybe. Like, that yeah. nervousness, that apprehension. We did talk about, like, what happens if they want to hook up. Yeah, and okay. then that makes sense. Yeah, and you're also five shots deep. <laughs> yeah, so Silvio greeted us at the elevator, and he seemed so nervous. He was like, he was like beat red. He like, yeah, he, he was beat red. He started rambling. I broke a glass, and then <laughs> and, and then we came up into the apartment, and then Nico like, yeah, he like shatters a wine glass in his hand, <laughs> and at that moment, I was like, okay. We are all so fucking nervous. This is okay. Aww. And then we got there at like 7 p.m. and we just like talked till like two. Till yeah, like it was it was like the longest hangout. And I knew that like regardless of what had happened, these people are awesome, and I want to hang out with them again. So okay, we don't need to get into sexual details. But let's just yeah. assume that things had fun being heads. You know, <laughs> as girls, we know how to have a good time. I want to start by talking about the way you talk to your like initial partners. When, Carson, we'll start with you, did you start talking to Fab about, okay, maybe I want to start dating them? What does that mean? Just, like, off the bat, we knew that, like, we really were into these guys. Just, like, whether it was a friendship or something more. I don't I don't even know if something more we thought about that immediately. We just knew that we wanted to hang out with them again and spend more time with them. Talking about dating, it never really... Was happened? it like a conversation? Huh. It kind of just it just happened. So like, what about feel... with you, Nika? Like, what, did you talk about dating before? Or, or again, was this a similar thing? No, it was like, it was just, yeah, same thing as Carson and Fabio. It was like, we just, we had so much fun the first night. It was like, okay, we'll see them Saturday. And then Saturday came around. We had so much fun. And then it was like, okay, we'll see them on Wednesday. And then we it was just, just like, kept dinner, making plans. And like, like, we kept making plans. It was plans just like, going to concerts, hey, we got like, you concert tickets six months from now. And like, yeah, we just kept making plans and dates and... So then did the four of you have a discussion where you went, okay, we're boyfriends? It was like a few months down. We were yeah. just kind of like, I don't know. I think it was like, so a, it was the depths maybe of winter. Maybe it was like after, the but we all, we all went home for Canadian Christmas. Winter. And I think that's when we realized how much we really missed each other because we couldn't physically be around each other. But yeah, and we'd been separated for like two weeks and we were yeah. like, oh my God. It was like two weeks felt like three months. Yeah. It was like crazy. And Nico Aww. sent this like really sweet message. so cute. He was like, he's like, no, I didn't think that my life needed anything more but you guys are just like the spice sorry i'm like i'm literally like moved um okay so you guys are in a i would say a successful polyamorous relationship is there jealousy is there issues yeah like what are those like because that is the thing that people who aren't in them like i just assume i wouldn't be able to do one um yeah i think there's definitely jealousy like just like it's just like innate in you right your partner like we've been programmed since like birth to think like we have a partner and once you find your partner it's forever and like once you start breaking down that wall of that idea it's like obviously it's like very like scary yeah. and like seeing your partner be intimate with someone else and like it's always this fear that like oh my god like he's gonna leave me for him he's gonna leave me for him but i think like through like proper communication like you realize like your partner loves you to death the thing is like we you have to communicate otherwise yeah be, like i so who initiates these talks like do you all yeah i guess it, it's it, i feel like it's situational like i personally i don't feel jealousy towards like would, nico silvio or fabio would you say you're not a but, jealous person mm, i don't know I think you're it's probably hard a to say. one of all of I, us. I think that I'm in tune to 
into other people's emotions and I like I'll assume I'll just assume like for example like this morning we all woke up together and Fabio and Nico had to leave and Silvio and I were like cuddling in bed and I in my head I'm like they must not be jealous but like yeah I there's like a part of me that feels guilty that like we're still in bed cuddling and yeah like they have to go to work I think people could relate to that so what do you do you just and I also and I feel like like I'm with Nico's like primary partner and he's like leaving to work while we're were you jealous Nico? no but like it's been like a it's been like a slow build like it wasn't just like one day where I left Carson with like Silvio and they just hung out all day like it's been like started off as like we were all together four of us and slowly, yeah, after a little while, like, oh, I'll spend half an hour alone with Carson, or I'll spend half oh, an hour. Yeah, yeah so like, we're exploring work? time huh. as, like, not the quad, as we call it. Like, yeah, because when we're together, like, we're the quad. Like, Nico and I, we went on the first, like, date. There's, like, a duality to it. Like, as much as, like, I love seeing Silvio with Carson, I'll get this, like, huge wave of, like, oh, my God, like, this is my partner, like, with yeah. him. And it's, it's, like, exciting. this huge wave of jealousy. But, it, like, it also feeds this, like, kind of, like, eroticism. I yeah, don't know. yeah. Yeah, no. and, the, like, the same for me and Fabio like I see how happy Fabio is when he's with Nico and that in itself is that trumps any sort of jealousy or like not not even negative feelings because I don't have any negativity towards that so okay I have another question it's probably a harder question you don't answer it but do you guys get worried about breaking up it's something that I Fabio and I have talked about I don't know if we've ever like I mean we sort of have spoken about it just like there's four of us, and all it takes is one person to one say, like, that would, like, I'm tapping out. Yeah. I, and it could all potentially crumble. Yeah. Not my relationship with Fabio. Like, I feel like... So do you still both years, feel a soundness in those original relationships? Like, yes. Well, going into this, like, Sly has always been, like, my best friend. Like, it's, like, it's never just been about, like, just, like, love. I don't know. It's, like, we're, like, almost like family. It's, yeah. it's kind of weird. So it's like, yeah. I like, it's like he's like glued to me in some way that like there's no way that anything could ever separate us. Like we could be maybe like a little bit more apart or like yeah. there could be a space between us. But like there's never a point where it's like there's no breaking point. Huh. That's okay, how that's, I feel. No, that's really interesting. It makes sense. Yeah. And, and I can yeah. see that too. Yeah. And Fabio and I have, yeah, I feel like him and I are so strong. Like our relationship is strong, but we've we definitely like thought like what would happen if Silvio and Nico broke up. Like yeah. that would yeah, yeah, that's true. It's not the conventional but breakup then, uh, story anymore. What like Nico said, like they do have such a strong relationship, which is why I think all of this works is because the basis of it is two strong relationships. There's not a lot of jealousy or like unreasonable jealousy. Yeah, we have such a good time together so yeah i think yeah. you're right i think the fact that i'm and I, i'll be honest like as people as like an outsider and as a friend i was i was skeptical obviously but now that i've seen it i'm like oh i i think it's true it's a it's a when i see it work the way it does with you guys it's just a, it's just a visual depiction of a sound relationship which exists and many people have and i think it is probably a really great test of a sound relationship too and it yeah. seems to be working. And one thing that Mitch always says, too, because we talked about this. Obviously, we talked about you guys. <laughs> it's really interesting. Uh, and he always says, he's like, well, like. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Monogamous relationships have horrible breakups. I always don't want breakups to be bad. For some reason, I think it's going to be like devastating because there's four people. And he was like, think of the breakups you know in your life. They're all devastating, right? And she's, he's yeah. like, you can be in a horrible, abusive, monogamous relationship that is actually getting more abusive because you're refusing to acknowledge maybe some freedom from monogamy to the more of what you're doing. Or maybe you're not even meant to be together. Anyways, yeah. his yeah. main point was, I guess, that monogamous relationships have horrible breakups too. Breakups will always either be good or messy. And if you're in a healthy relationship, your breakup won't be messy. Right? That's the thing. Like, I, I feel like our relationship is still like not even close to peaking. But if it were to end, it would be with like happy tears okay so to end this interview if there's anything you wanted to say to people who are like considering this or who are maybe in a monogamous relationship and thinking about becoming polyamorous what would you say for me it's not something that i think like like any relationship you shouldn't be seeking it out like it kind of just has to happen like i never foresaw myself in this four-way relationship but yeah it's perfect for me i think what we have is like very special and unique and if you obviously have to be open to it but you can't just go out one night and be like all right i need two new boyfriends on top of the one that i already have that's nice okay what about you is there anything else you'd add yeah i think if you're already in like a relationship you kind of have to be in like a symbiotic relationship with your partner you can't just like delve into it but as far as like if ever you guys like feel something for another couple or another person it doesn't have to be four it could be three it could be five as long as you both are communicative about how much like what your interest is and you're open about it with the person i think you can like yeah. really go far with that do you know what i mean if yeah. you really are attracted to someone and like you're open about that to your partner and your partner is receptive then you should just go for it and yeah. like, only live once and it is a good it is scary it's scary and to you see another side of your partner like to be that open with fabio and to say like is this something that we should do and you're being yeah, you're being vulnerable, vulnerable yeah, and which is beautiful and, and it makes you more in, in that, love with the other person yeah in I that think. sense it's yeah like i know that my relationship with fabio is so much stronger since meeting nico and silvio thank you so much to carson and nico for taking the time to be personal and to be open with us about being polyamorous if you want you can follow them on instagram carson is c x r s x n on instagram and nico is s t o k dot s t a d stockstad i don't know I think that polyamorous relationships are something that I can never really see myself doing. Like, I think I can see why they exist. Pardon? Why? Because I don't think I'm built for them. I don't think that I have it in me to be in more than one relationship comfortably. Do you? I guess I could. I'm not, I don't have a desire to do it right now, but I just think like in my mind, it I, I can imagine it happening, but I'm, it's one of those weird things where I'm like, I'm not like trying to tell you right now on this podcast that I want to be in a polyamorous relationship, but I don't know. I just, I guess I'm, 
I don't think I'm more open-minded, but I think I'm less tentative. Like, I'm just kind of like, it's worth trying something if you feel like you need to try it. Like, if I, in my soul, was like, I think we should be in a polyamorous relationship, I wouldn't be that hesitant to say, I have to listen to that urge. So, I guess what you're saying is you just don't have that urge. I'm saying I don't have that urge, but if I did, I'd follow through with it, probably. But I guess... Do you think you'll get that? Or that's what I'm trying to say is like, I think I would probably just rather break up than have another relationship. Maybe, but we've been together for 11 years. You think we're just going to break up? We run a business together. You think we're just going to break up? Like it would be very complicated. And like, we love each other. Like just, just because you have interest in other people. Do you love me? Yeah, what? <laughs> Wait, we, what? We literally just fought before we pressed record. That's why I was like, do you yes, sense but there's I, tension? Wait, what? <laughs> why are you turning so red? What? I love you. I'm just saying that. I don't know what I'm saying. Like, it could. I could do it, but I don't need to. See, I'm skeptical of you. I feel like you like the idea of saying no, that you're progressive this is shade. and you could do no, it. Oh, my God. This is shady. Okay, well then, then, yeah. then let's do it. <laughs> okay you would freak out you wouldn't be able to handle it and that's why this conversation that's what has I never said. happened I'm in our like, relationship yeah i just said that i would freak out yeah so you but i'm not saying actually I didn't do you say think that then do you out. think polyamorous relationships are problematic no in any way i think that they probably could work for lots of people in fact i think they are working for people that i know in my life i'm saying for me i think i don't know i'm just like i can't imagine having more than one boyfriend and enjoying it. Well, there's an interesting thing I was... Where did I hear this? I was listening to a podcast or reading a book that was not talking about polyamory, but was a reminder that humans have grown up in communities, right? So evolutionarily, we've always needed other people around us. And it was only, you know, in the last however many centuries that marriage became this concept of finding the one person... Like, marriages, sorry, were originally practical. Maybe like, Do you mean more like monogamy? monogamy but no marriages were originated as forms of like sharing resources like it made sense to bring together people who didn't even love each other the idea of a love marriage is a much more recent phenomenon in which people go there's one person that will bring me everything i need and satisfy all my desires my love my affection and all these things but when you look back you realize no like we need to get our love from lots of people whether that's like sexual love or just affection that friends have it's it's just like an important reminder that humans it's a lot of pressure to put on one person to give you everything you need and to be honest like i hope this doesn't sound shady but like part of the reason i really am excited for a puppy and a dog together with you is because i can get a different type of affection from it that like oh my god are we about to enter a polyamorous relationship with a dog because we (laughs) did just make a video about bestiality and maybe it's getting (laughs) no don't don't you dare say that we're never doing anything sexual with our dog and stop making oh, those jokes. Oh my god, Mitch, this is this has gone off the rails. <laughs> Our relationship with domesticated dogs is literally thousands of years old. I love my dog so much, and thankfully, science has shown that he loves me right back. Oxytocin is a hormone that plays a role in bonding, trust, and altruism. Research has shown that when a mom and a baby look at each other in the eyes, that's a human mom and a human baby, it creates a strong emotional bond between the mother and child during a time when the baby can't express itself in other ways. But what happens when you and your pupper lock eyes? 30 dogs and their owners were put into a room to interact with one another. Before this was done, they collected both the dog and the owner's urine, and they also did this after the interaction. Okay, but what does pee have to do with love? 
mutual gazing had a profound effect on both dogs and their owners. For the duos who spent more time locking eyes, oxytocin increased, 130% in dogs and 300% in owners. But those who didn't lock eyes, there was no found increase in oxytocin. So from this, we can see that human-dog interactions can elicit the same type of oxytocin-positive feedback loop that we see in a mom and her baby. Another study found that when your dog hears you crying, the response in their brain is similar to that of a human's. In fact, they interpret your crying as another dog whining. When researchers usually want to do studies on animals by doing MRIs and doing brain scans, they have to anesthetize them to calm them down. But dogs are so well behaved, they were able to get MRI scans of 11 dogs. Shout out to all the doggos, puppers, and good boys. We love you so, so much. Anyway, you get my point is like the dog will hopefully satisfy a desire that I have in my life that and will fulfill an emotional need that but I can't do you expect think you to give to that me. it will I don't know if that's a good thing to I think. think it will because I've had dogs my whole life and I know like going home to my family but are you why are you putting me in the same place as the dog like, sorry okay I'm, I'm making it like, the analogy <laughs> is that you know then you have friends that like you could yeah, have different types true. of conversations with different friends that you wouldn't have with me yeah because we true. have different interests or we have different opinions or you fulfill your roles with many people around you and so whether that is just on the friendship level i i can understand how a degree further might be necessary for someone in a polyamorous relationship they'd say look greg you give me like a b c d e f g h i and there's a couple other letters J K L M N O P Q. yeah okay the, and there's a couple other letters that like it's not worth breaking up because all these things are fulfilled and no one person's gonna fill that alphabet for me but there's a couple other things here that maybe this other person is able to bring to me that's going to make me happy and will make our relationship better because I won't resent you for not giving them to me. Yeah, I think that I'm just like, I feel maybe I'm not, and I don't know if I'm speaking for myself or if there'll be a bunch of people listening to this going like, yeah, that's me. Like, I don't feel that needy in real like i don't needy is the wrong word like I'm it like, could just be that your boyfriend's perfect and like, like <laughs> and there's nothing else you no need. i mean maybe it is but like when there's something in my life that seems missing maybe even in our relationship i feel like my instinct is to go fill it not necessarily with another person it's to fill it with like another thing. But then I'm like, maybe that is more to do with the fact that like we have such a busy job and that I kind of have this like, I th- feel like I haven't. But don't you think maybe you fill those voids with friends as well? Like people. Yeah, with friends. I'm not like, saying I, it I has think that's to what be I mean. sexual. Like, there's something about adding another person with the responsibility of it being a relationship that makes me not interested in it. Because... But relationships can have different degrees of seriousness of like tons of people do casual dating, like just yeah, because you date somebody else. See, actually, even in person? this moment, I'm like, should we do polyamory? Because there's something exciting to me about I really like meeting new people. I really like learning about new people. Honestly, it's like because I struggle with intimacy, I would love the idea of like dating someone else. But it's almost like I'd be like, I don't really want to have to like have sex with you. And yeah, but that's not. You, yeah. And tons and of polyamorous relationships stuff. aren't about sex. Like Wait, it's okay, emotional fulfillment. <laughs> <laughs> but like well, I love here, would the, love the idea of like going I love how we're like about to switch roles now because I'm like, hey, hold on, hold on. Because well, <laughs> now I'm just going to only say I think the difficult part of our lives is you're right. Like the scheduling of we don't always really have the time to do that. Like to find other people to fulfill those roles 
I had a thought and I just like brain farted. Well, okay. Honestly, again, if we go back to our other friends, I literally just think, okay, they, they go to work and I can tell that they even like talking to them. They have like a little bit of a stress about the fact that they need to put re- time into their relationship with their new boyfriends. But then they also like probably stress out about like with every new relationship, not hanging out with their friends as much. But I think it's like I I look at them and I think of them as people who are like really busy and they're good at keeping busy. And I'm like, they're the type of people who I'm like, yeah, you'd be good in a polyamorous relationship because you have so much energy. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, I'm like, I have so many other things. I literally wouldn't have time for it. But then again, another time in our life, like when we're less busy, when we don't have a YouTube channel, a podcast and like all this stuff going on, then maybe we might be more apt to be like, this would be a really cool, fun thing to put our time towards, like building a relationship with other people. But I think when you get back down to it, what you were saying earlier, which I can't agree with, I'm like, I don't think monogamous relationships are for everyone at all. And I don't think monogamous relationships should be the gold standard, which they are right now in culture. Like the reason why we would have trouble telling people of an older generation, even our friends, telling the mainstream public that we're in a polyamorous relationship is because people assume monogamous relationships are like the gold standard and what right and that something's wrong but it's like you... uh hello statistics we know that that's not the case like divorce right. is so high monogamous relationships can be extremely toxic our relationship has is we've been together for 10 years we've gone on a complete wavelengths and ups and downs and in those down moments it's like why would i ever say that our monogamous relationship is better than a polyamorous one when we're right. struggling in our relationship because a relationship is always going to be work it's always going to have good and bad. And I just don't think that monogamy should ever be like considered better than anything else. Because I agree. It just comes so down, much. Horrible it comes down to the person. If you're able to have what the hardest part is, you can't know what your future is. But if in the moment you feel like happy and healthy and I think communication is the biggest key and in polyamory that is a big part like polygamy might be different but polyamory is about communication, being open with each other and talking. And so I think if you can be on the same level and you're avoiding, you know, infidelity in a way that would hurt somebody else, then I don't the see why thing. that would be. Cheat. Yeah, you're, people cheat yeah. all the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure in a video we've quoted like the percentage of people who cheat. In fact, I'm sure we did that. I just can't think of the number right now. But you obviously like promiscuity is something that happens. People do things outside, whether they're emotional or physical, sexual, whatever. That happens in relationships all the time. So to me, this is another thing that I hear people kind of say like, oh, polyamorous relationships are so much more confusing because what happens when one person's not into it or someone breaks up, it's going to be awful. It's going to be crazy. And yeah, that's true. But I always say like that happens in a ton of regular monogamous relationships. Like plenty of monogamous relationships end really badly. People hating each other. People like, you know, divorces like and. Many end well, many end like mutually where people respect each other and they just they know die together in bed like the notebook. Or I mean, people break up, but they're like, you know, I'm not mad at you. We just like don't belong together anymore. Yeah. Um, I love, but I just not think love, but those I'm like, wow, it can happen respect. in any case. And it's like kind of funny to pretend that a polyamorous relationship, just because it's different, is more likely to fail. There might be studies on that. And like people can we should continue to look into that to see like i don't know does it lead to like some major problems in polyamorous relationships but i doubt it i just i I sincerely doubt it and i hate i do feel like there is this thing where people are like oh my god polyamorous relationship like eye roll like almost like a liberal like everyone millennials just want their cake and eat it too but it's like okay name like a really solid monogamous relationship like you know what i mean they're all struggling like it's I think people, I'm just repeating what even I'm saying. Friendships before, but, struggle, right? Yeah. People struggle with every relationship needs work and 
perhaps it's true that a polyamorous relationship because there's more people has extra levels. Of I just work. assume it's more. It has but there's to be more but work, there's also right? more people to work on it, right? And so true. maybe when one person's really busy or stressed, the other three, as an example, are able to like function as a as a unit, and it doesn't put as much strain on like. The traditional marriage idea where one person's too busy for the other because one's like the breadwinner. Raising a kid would be so sweet. Yeah, you you it'd be so much not easier, but you'd have so many more hands. And that goes back to that community thing. Like babies were used to be raised. Like, sorry, that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. In marriages, it was like you'd have a community raise a child. Now it's like you two people. Well, go that's raise a lot a of kid. cultures outside of the Western world too. They still yeah, do still, things like that. Yeah, like, and that's like, like an amazing thing. All those people bring their aspects. I mean, like, hey, the gay uncle gene, like what we think, like the role and like one hypothesis for the gay gene persisting is that it's less competition between men, and the gay uncles can help take care of those kids. Well, I- I'm a gunkle, a gay uncle now, and my sister just had a baby, and she was talking about how in some East Asian cultures, because the fourth trimester is like the month or two after you've just given birth, which it's still so hard. In a lot of East Asian cultures, they move into the family's house mm-hmm. so they can all look after the kid, and then they have like a celebration after the fourth trimester is done, where it's like, now we're done, you can now go home. And my sister's like oh, sitting cool. at home, <laughs> being like, like, oh my God, I like, love that. <laughs> it would be cool. Like, it would be hard for her to go move back home with my parents because. That it's just not culturally right. normal. But if you were primed but if it for was, that, yeah. then it would be you like, wouldn't feel ashamed. Yeah, you wouldn't and that's feel... like that group mentality thing. And I'm like, I just yeah, like when it comes to like raising kids or having a relationship be fulfilling, it's like assuming that monogamy is the gold standard is just like actually, in my opinion, a ridiculous thought. But that doesn't mean to me that like I personally just like when it comes to thinking about being in a polyamorous relationship, I'm just like it just hasn't like clicked for me yet do you think but that jealousy knows? would be an issue for you yeah for sure would it be an issue for you like, i don't think i think i'm like less of a jealous person than you are yeah i think i guess i am a more jealous person because but not in a way that i, I don't i don't see you issue. as a jealous person but i think no but i can confidently be like for sure i would be like i think once jealous. i have something in my mind as like this is the way it is then i'm able to like just not be as jealous but i'm sure it's e- way easier said than done So what exactly is jealousy and why does it happen to us? It's a horrible feeling. I mean, I would love for it to just go away altogether, but there must be a reason why it exists. One emotionally Jerry Springer type study had male monkeys view their female partners with an unknown male. I'm so sorry, guys. What they found was that during jealousy in male monkeys, neurological spikes occur in the cingulate cortex and lateral septum areas involved in social pain. Also, they found that there were higher levels of testosterone and cortisol, those are like the aggression hormone and the stress hormones, in the blood of these male monkeys when they watched their female partner with another man. Okay, so jealousy is real, it happens in our brain, it causes social pain, we can see that in monkeys, but evolutionary psychologists suggest jealousy is evolved to motivate you to stay in your relationship, to motivate you to get resources and covet and steal and make sure that your relationship that you are obviously meant to be in from an evolutionary perspective can flourish and survive. When it comes to the jealousy that we feel as humans, what they have found is that most jealousy-evoking behavior right now has to do with electronic communication. I mean, it makes sense. We're on our phones a lot. It's how we communicate with people. And, you know, you hear about jealous partners like taking their phone or like memes about panicking like when your partner finds your phone. Because this is how if we wanted to start a relationship with someone else or do something that would cause our partner to be jealous, it would likely be through our phone. 
Psychological studies find that jealousy is not necessarily a good thing for your relationship. Anxious individuals who are using their cognitive resources to actually be jealous or to be scared of the security of their relationship have a harder time developing intimacy. Essentially, they're spending more time on their brain and their brain power. They're using their brain more often to think about negative things like snooping on the partner or maybe even abusing the partner because they're so jealous that they want to try and keep them close. When it comes to other types of people who are less jealous, they again are using less of their cognitive resources, less of their brain on being jealous, and therefore they have time to nurture their relationship in a non-defensive way. So jealousy might have evolved for us to keep our relationship close, but as complex human beings that we are, with our phones, with this crazy world that we live in, jealousy is actually not necessarily a really good thing for your relationship. Psychological studies find that jealousy is not necessarily a good thing for your relationship. Anxious individuals who are using their cognitive resources to actually be jealous or to be scared of the security of their relationship have a harder time developing intimacy. Essentially, they're spending more time on their brain and their brain power. They're using their brain more often to think about negative things like snooping on the partner or maybe even abusing the partner because they're so jealous that they want to try and keep them close that we all have to deal with at some point. Psychological studies find that jealousy is not necessarily a good thing for your relationship. Anxious individuals who are using their cognitive resources to actually be jealous or to be scared of the security of their relationship have a harder time developing intimacy. Essentially, they're spending more time on their brain and their brain power. They're using their brain more often to think about negative things like snooping on the partner or maybe even abusing the partner because they're so jealous that they want to try and keep them close. This is based on some results from studies that we found. But another thing that I brought up again in the interview and that I've talked about in therapy is that jealousy also, again, it's evolved to keep your relationship together. A little bit of jealousy and excitement isn't necessarily a bad thing. But from these studies, if you know, it's sucking your brain power, if it's making you anxious all the time, if it's causing you to snoop or even be an abusive partner, then it's not a good thing. But again, the science says it exists. It's part of our brain. It's an evolutionary adaptation. So it's going to be something that we all have to deal with at some point. Yeah, I mean, I'm e- I can sit here and say this, but I haven't had to have that challenge of like. Although you've kind of convinced you- me, I'm like, I'm like, guys, get ready for our Instagrams. We're gonna debut our <laughs> new boyfriends in a couple months. Yeah, well, who are they? Who are we meeting? <laughs> oh God, I exactly. Like, this is the. That's issue. another thing. Whenever even I if I was meet single, men, I'd be like, I don't. <laughs> who am I gonna meet? Well, no, I feel like we meet men. Like, you're on like a gay dodgeball team. Like we I guess do our true. things separately. I mean, the one thing I have realized though is I don't ever meet gay men and like ever assume something like intimate or sexual that I'm like I feel like I just I can't even imagine. But you know what I mean? I feel like sometimes I'll hang out with someone and I'll leave and I'll be like, wait, did they like maybe like oh, like were they flirting with me? Or yeah, like, or like I'm like I don't know. I like you love cracking jokes. It. I just never. I'm just in this moment. Like wait, I right. never like. Thought whereas about if you that. were a single person, whether straight yeah. or gay, you might interact differently and be yeah. like, who are we like? And ha- when we've like, been in open relationships, like definitely, I'm sure we've both like flirted and those you're moments, more aware. But of I'm that. not like yeah, flirting think... to like date. It's like yeah. different, and yeah. I'm like. Wait, like I don't know. Think like, of how crazy it is. Like we started dating when we were eighteen, nineteen. It's been eleven and a half, almost twelve years of our lives that we haven't, like, we haven't 
dated people. Like I can't even imagine okay, guys, what that feels okay, like. No, I've I've changed. We're, we're so we're, out of it. I have changed my mind. I want to be in a polyamorous relationship. Just to like practice yeah. our dating skills. Uh, I'm literally on my phone right now. I'm gonna text whoever comes up first. Ooh, <laughs> lucky whoever this is. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Uh. Okay. Burdock, six p.m. Yeah. Okay. I just uh, locked in a date. Wow. So. Okay. See, I'm not jealous. I don't care. Um, if that made you happy, I would be okay with that. Honestly, we have a lot of follow up podcasts to do, but like perhaps we'll have a follow up on this to see where our relationship is in the next year. I can't imagine it's gonna be that different because we've been together for so freaking long. But maybe it's worth That's trying. That's maybe why it will be different. Like, Nicole. is it worth trying? People can let us know. <laughs> is that something people just do on like a whim? That like thing on like Instagram where it's like decide well, by I mean, day, think polyamory of what people, or not. Think of what people do in their normal relationships. They're like, we need to spice up our sex life. We need to like go on date nights. We need to do all these things. Obviously, long term relationships suffer from staleness, and so I'm like, do some people go into polyamorous relationships just to kind of shake things up and give it a different perspective? Like, I'd be curious to know. I think, yeah, I think they probably do. And it does, yeah, it doesn't mean you're like want to break up, but you're just no. like, let's do something different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think I love you still. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I do love you still, and that's messed up. If you don't <laughs> Just know. kidding. Uh, rude. Okay. Um, well, again, hashtag side note podcast. Let us know if you're in an open relationship slash polyamorous relationship. We want to know how it is. Subscribe on Apple iTunes and, and everywhere will- else. Android yeah. represent. Yeah, true. I only ever say Apple because I am an iPhone. And we will see. No, we will. No, you will listen you to will hear us. <laughs> you should get that down. Damn. By okay. this point, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye. Before you go, if you love Side Note, I think you'll also love 20,000 Hertz. It's a podcast that tells the stories behind the world's most recognizable and interesting sounds. Things like who's the voice on your phone, the science behind ASMR, how Disney World uses sound design in their parks, and even how sound can change the way food tastes. Recently, they did an episode about ultrasonic tracking, which explained how it's possible that your phone could be listening to you. Here's a clip from that episode. Ultrasonic tracking is tracking that's done through your microphone. Providers can embed their ultrasonic tones, or beacons as they call them, into television shows and advertisements. There could be a signal coming through that television that you can't hear, and that sound can be picked up by your microphone, processed by the app, and then communicate with a server on the internet so that advertisers can gain data about what you're watching and potentially where you are. So go subscribe to 20,000 Hertz, which is all spelled out without numbers, wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.